RadioMD. RadioMD.com. You've got questions. Melanie's got answers. This is Melanie Cole's Health Radio. When deciding to get breast implants, it's important to consider all the options so you can get the breasts you want. And a skilled plastic surgeon can talk to you, talk you through it all to find out what's best to you. And of course, that skilled plastic surgeon is here with us today, Dr. Robert Cohn. He's a Santa Monica and Scottsdale plastic surgeon, fan favorite here on Radio MD. So Dr. Cohn, women Hi. decide for a myriad of reasons mm-hmm. to get breast implants, whether right. it is because of cancer, mastectomy, or just for their own lifestyle and self-esteem and mm-hmm. whatever their reason is. Correct. Start with some of the different types of breast implants because over the years, boy, we sure heard a lot about them. So go over some of the types for us. Yes. So right now it's a great time to be considering breast augmentation because we have more choices than have been available for many, many years. So that's great. So I kind of, when I talk to patients and who come in for a consultation, I usually start breaking things down by categories so they can understand the different types. And then I discuss which one I think is going to potentially work best for them. So the first major category is saline or silicone. So saline is basically a saltwater filled implant and silicone is a cohesive silicone gel filled implant, which comes pre-filled. Um, between those two, I definitely lean strongly towards silicone because it's going to be a softer, more natural, better feeling implant. Salines are less expensive, but they do tend to ripple more. They just don't look and feel as natural. So that's why I don't like those implants as much. And then within the silicone category, there's smooth implants and textured implants. So smooth implants are going to have a smooth surface. That's kind of what people typically think of when they imagine an implant. And textured implants, the the textured coating has some potential advantages. It can uh, reduce the amount of uh, movement to the implant, so it's less likely to shift out of position over time. It eliminates the need to have to do massage after surgery. And then it also uh, lowers the rate of scar hardening that can occur called capsular contracture. Um, and then within the textured category, there's different styles of implants. There's round, which kind of look like a typical round implant, and then there's anatomical or teardrop-shaped implants that have a tapered upper part of the implant, so it gives you a little bit nicer angle or a little softer slope So in the upper breast. So for patients who want a very natural look, that can be a really nice choice, whereas for patients who want a little bit more of an augmented or rounder look, a round implant could be a good choice for them. How do you know what you want? Well, it's, that's what, uh, that's what, what the, the whole process is about when you come in and, and see a, an experienced plastic surgeon. So, you know, it's really important, in my opinion, to see a surgeon who has experience with all these different implant types because there's not one perfect implant. Every implant out there, I always tell patients, has pros and cons. There's not, like, the, the perfect implant. So, um, you know, for patients who uh, want, for example, a very natural look, they don't want a lot of maintenance after surgery, um, they might be a good candidate for an anatomical implant, which is doesn't require massage afterwards. It gives them sort of very natural uh, appearance. Um, the textured implants do have a slightly thicker shell, so for, for very thin-skinned patients, sometimes I'll consider using a smooth implant because it's a, t- a touch softer. Um, but uh, the smooth implant, if somebody has like a rib cage that slopes off to the side a little bit, the implant's more likely to shift out to the side over time, so a texture can help to stabilize that implant. So there's a lot of different variables that, that I evaluate with each patient to try to figure out, well, what implant is going to be the best overall implant for this particular person? And then, uh, you know, we didn't even get into this yet, but there's, each implant has various sizes and different profiles, too. Um, and I can explain profile is basically a lower profile is a wider implant that, has, that doesn't have as much projection. And then a higher profile implant is the same amount of volume, but it's narrower and has more projection. So if you talk about a high-profile implant, high implant, it's usually going to be a narrow, more projected implant. Moderate is somewhere in between. Lower profile is a little bit flatter and wider. And which style to use from that standpoint is also dependent on what your goals are for the patient and what the patient's anatomy is. 
So basically, it's you want boobs that are upright and perky, or do you want them wide and bigger looking and a little bit closer to your chest? Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, most patients who come in want perky looking breasts. So that's, that's pretty much everybody wants perky breasts. Um, whether they want a bigger, rounder perky breast or a more natural, smaller perky breast, that's a different story. So, and everybody's chest is different. Some people have thicker or thinner skin. Some people have wide chest. Some have narrower chest. So you want to make sure that the width of the implant matches up with the, the width of the patient's chest so they have a nice cleavage and the implant fits properly. And then as long as you're getting that width, correct, then you can start adjusting different profiles or different styles to change the look of the breast. And that's just talking about straightforward breast augmentation, but of course, a lot of patients I'm doing implants on are people who also need lifts from, you know, breast lifts done at the same time because they had uh, changes after pregnancy or, or whatever. So that also might influence which style implant I use. Ultimately, what I do, I use a lot of different uh, data points such as measurements, uh, evaluating their skin, um, having them show me pictures of what they kind of want to look like, all these different things, and trying on sizers in the office to get an idea of what does this patient want to look like and what's going to work well for them. And then I tailor which style implant I use based on that group of data. How do you help a woman determine what size? Because, you know, we see in those really ridiculous photos of women who went to, you know, quadruple Z and whatever. And I mean, and of course it is. And even with implants, Dr. Mm -hmm. Cohen, do do you get, I mean, your skin stretches. We get old. Our skin is not so tight when we get old. So if you pick an implant that's too heavy, does it start heading towards your knees quicker than it might otherwise? Well, it can. So, and and obviously, the thinner the skin and the less elasticity, the less elasticity, the more potential problem there is there. So, part of what I talk to patients about is I want to know what ideally they want, and then I try to make sure that what realistically their body can handle is factored in. So, if somebody comes in, they say, "I want to be a you know H cup," I'm not going to operate on that patient, but I'll probably counsel them and say, "Well, this is why that's a bad idea." Let's consider going just more for a D-ish cup, you know, something in that range. And, uh, you know, some patients, if they're, they're dead set on going way too big for them, then it's their prerogative if they want to see another surgeon. But my job as, a, you know, as an experienced surgeon who does a lot of this is to counsel patients not only on what might look good to them immediately after surgery, but what's going to hold up well over time. So there is a, there's, a, there's a balance between how big you can go and, and what your body can, can tolerate. And some patients can handle a bigger implant than others. And, and the other thing the patients always say is like, well, if I put in a 350cc implant, what cup size is that? And I always tell them, well, how far can you drive on a gallon of gas? You know, it depends on what car you're putting it in. So bigger patients need bigger implants to look the same as a smaller patient would with a smaller implant because everything is proportionate. So I always counsel patients, don't get overly focused on the CCs, you know, the, the volume. Let's figure out what's going to work on you. So don't try to compare yourself to somebody else who may have a different body type or, or a different, different style. Just because, you know, your friend had a 375cc implant and they look good doesn't mean that that necessarily applies to you unless you have a very similar body type. Have you had to tell women that, that there's something you will or won't do for them that they would Absolutely. like? Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, again, my goal is to let them know not that they're going to come in. Patients come in with an idea in their mind of what they like to look like, and that's great. And I need to know that. And my job is to tell them what, you know, what the tissues can handle, how the implants work, and how things are going to interact, and how I predict that things are going to hold up over over time. So my job is to, to help counsel them and guide them to an appropriate implant selection. And, you know, I definitely work with patients. I have some patients who come in and really want to be like a modest B cup at best, and I have some patients who come in wanting to be a double D or a D, and that's fine. You know, I, I'll lean as much towards their their goals as I can, but I also have to balance it out with, with um, you know, being appropriate to their anatomy and making sure I'm not doing anything that's going to damage them in the future. 
So in just the last minute or so here, are, are some women come in and they're scared about what they hear in the media and mm-hmm. leaking and, mm-hmm. you know, getting sick from their implants? What right. do you tell them? I mean, that's all that that all that stuff from the early 90s where people freaked out about silicone. It was all disproven after many huge medical studies, you know, checking the safety of, of implants. Now, a lot of that had to do with silicone. And that's why silicone is back on the market now is because it's safe. So I tell patients, you know, obviously, uh, you know, having a surgery is, is a big deal. So you have to be careful about who you're selecting to do the surgery and, and all the choices you're going to make. Um, but overall, the vast, vast majority of people who have implants are very happy and implants are safe. And, you know, you still have to do your regular checkups, like getting mammograms when it's appropriate, that kind of stuff. But it's not something you have to worry about, like you, know, you have a ticking time bomb in you. And if, it, if the implant ruptures, you're going to get really sick. That's just not, not the case. Um, so these days, the implants are better, stronger, more durable, and just higher quality than they ever have been. So we have a lot of great options now for women who are interested in breast augmentation to get them a really high-quality uh, product. And that's, that's the key is you know, picking a really good implant uh, that's going to work well with each patient. There's a reason we have you back on on a regular basis, because you are just that good. And you can see more about Dr. Robert Cohn at drrobertcohn.com or robertcohnmd.com. And if these are things you're considering or you have friends considering, share this show with them. Let them hear that great information that he so succinctly put out there about implants. This is Melanie Cole. You're listening to Radio MD. Stay well. Woo, woo, woo.